Hello, I'm Brenna Bay, a partner with Edwin Co. Welcome to our podcast series about residential construction. In these podcasts, we discuss matters which arise on residential construction projects. Numerous of the topics discussed in these podcasts are also covered in our guide entitled What to Know Before You Start Digging a Hole, which can be found on our website. I would highlight that the information within these podcasts is general guidance only and may not necessarily apply to your particular situation since every construction project is different. Therefore, I strongly recommend that you seek professional advice before you undertake any sort of construction project or sign any appointments or contracts. In our last podcast, we began our discussion on defects. We briefly discussed retentions, talked about dealing with defects both at practical completion and during the defects liability period, and reviewed some practical tips for seeking to limit disputes over defects. In this podcast, we will look at exactly what qualifies as a defect, discuss responsibility for defects, and outline what an employer can do when a contractor does not fix defects. So what exactly is a defect? While this might seem a basic question, it can in fact be an area of considerable dispute. Most employers and contractors would likely agree that a leaking pipe due to the contractor not fitting a cap would be a defect. Some defects are obvious or detectable by inspection during either the works or the defects liability period, like the leaking pipe. These are patent defects. In contrast, latent defects are those which exist but are concealed and are not apparent until some time following practical completion, such as cracking to foundations due to inadequate design. But what if the contractor has used due skill and care, yet fails to meet the employer's specification? Let's say the contractor erects the brickwork correctly, but uses the wrong type of brick. Is this a defect? Generally, defective works are those which are not in accordance with what the contractor undertook to provide. Therefore, in the example of the brickwork, it would be a defect if the type of brick does not comply with the contractual specification. Having identified that there is a defect, The next query is who is responsible for the defect. This often depends on the type of contract you have with your contractor. You will recall that in podcast three, we discussed procurement routes. We talked about traditional procurement, where your architect and engineer design everything and that fully developed design is provided to the contractor to build. And also design and build procurement, where your contractor is fully responsible for both designing and building your home. Generally, under a design and build contract, your contractor will likely be responsible for all defects. However, if you have used traditional procurement and the defect is design related, it may be that a member of your professional team is in fact liable for the defect. Unsurprisingly, responsibility for defects itself can be a very contentious matter. In any event, let's presume for this podcast that the contractor is in fact responsible for the defect that has been identified. As discussed in our last podcast, most standard form contracts require the contractor to remedy any defects notified within the defects liability period at the contractor's costs. While after the end of the defects liability period, there is no contractual obligation on a contractor to return to remedy defects, it is always worth contacting the contractor to see whether it will fix any defects, 
since it might be easier and less costly for both parties for the contractor to come back to site and remedy defects. You may recall that in podcast six, we talked about latent defects insurance or new build warranties. These typically provide cover for 10 years from the completion of a new built property. Often parties believe that after the end of the defects liability period, any claims for defects to a new home should be made under the latent defects insurance. However, such policies generally only provide cover for structural defects or defects in the building envelope. Accordingly, it is unlikely that you will be able to claim against the policy for defects of a non-structural nature. So if you cannot claim on the latent defects insurance, and the contractor is refusing to remedy the defects, you need to contemplate a claim against the contractor, normally on the basis that the defects are a breach of contract. That being said, you need to consider the cost of making a claim compared to what you will recover. In a successful action for breach of contract, the employer would normally be awarded the reasonable cost to repair the defective work and place the employer into the position it would have been if the work had been correctly carried out. There are, however, exceptions, in particular, where the costs for remedy are disproportionate. While the detailed requirements for a claim are beyond the scope of this podcast, it is important to note that there are numerous matters required to be addressed in order to bring a claim of this nature against a contractor, including reports from experts. As such, there can be quite a lot of upfront costs in order to bring a claim. Furthermore, Even if you are successful, not only is it unlikely that you will recover all of your costs, you have to consider whether the contractor has sufficient assets or insurance to pay any compensation which you are awarded. On top of that, there is also the stress for dealing with any claim. So in this podcast, we've looked at what exactly qualifies as a defect, discussed responsibilities for defects, and considered an employer's option when a contractor does not fix defects. It is unlikely that defects can be eliminated, since by its very nature, construction involves designing and building a bespoke product. However, there are various strategies which can be used to help minimize disputes in resolving issues around defects. These include, first, undertaking detailed due diligence on a contractor prior to the commencement of a project. As you have heard me say on numerous occasions, entering into a proper written contract which clearly details the employer's requirements for the works, as well as the contractor's obligations thereunder, is imperative. During the course of the works, your professional team should regularly be inspecting the works, notifying the contractor of any defects, and getting these remedied prior to practical completion. The defects liability period should be of sufficient length, given the nature of the project, which for new homes should be a minimum of 12 months. And overall, good communication between the parties is key. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and will join us again next time.